Hello and welcome to the Every Bites Counts podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Marcello. Hey guys, what's going on? We are here at the King Edward Hotel. And we're, we have a very interesting subject for you today. Uh, funny story is we actually technically already recorded this entire podcast, but then we had a bit of a fuck up where we, uh, we kind of lost the intro. And we were using Anchor, which is a great platform for recording a shout podcast. Shout out to Anchor, the best platform for podcasts. Yeah, and shout out to Gary Vee as well for recommending Anchor. But uh, they actually don't really allow you to go back and record a previous segment. So it has to be in chronological order and you can only go forward. You can't go back. Anyway. It's just like in life. You can always go forward. Exactly. There ain't no going back. And you have to be forward thinking too. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so we, <laughs> we already recorded the whole episode. We, we were at a bar in Kensington Market Greasy called bar. Greasy Bar called Last Temptation. Shout out to Last Temptation. Uh, thank you for having us, although you didn't actually know that we were there for, to record a podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Anyway, we're here today and, um, you know, me and Marcello were brainstorming what do we talk about this time and he brought up a very interesting subject in, in that there's this song some of you may have heard it okay come on let's break come on. everybody knows the song Old Town Road you know I'm gonna take my horse down that Old Town Road you know you just sing it yourself that was Marcello singing um, <laughs> Old Town Road anyway um, yeah we're here today to talk about Old Town Road it, it apparently it is essentially on a, it is the most popular song in history if we look at the number of consecutive weeks that it's been on the billboard. Number so, one. So it's been number one for 19 weeks straight or 20. Don't quote me on that. Yeah. Within, you know, the weeks. I mean, that shouldn't be a big deal. <laughs> and I mean, you also Googled it earlier on and uh, you, found, you found that the second most popular song was uh, everything. It was Brian Adams. Brian Adams. Everything You Do. And then there was a Mariah And then there was a close third, I think, with a Mariah Carey song. So who knew? Who knew? Yeah. Actually, that's, it's kind of expected. Like songs like that, Everything <laughs> You Do and all this. I think that was a big hit. Like everyone played that at their wedding in the 90s, right? It was the first song, probably the slow dance. So it kind of makes sense. But let's talk a little bit about the popularity of this song, Old Town Road. And uh, Marcello, you know quite a bit about that. So fill us in on like how that song kind of came to be. It's essentially it was um, it was a Billy Ray Cyrus song originally. No, but then oh no, no, no. oh okay, Sorry, you never that up a little bit. Never has been. Okay. It was a Lil Nas X song originally okay. without Billy Cyrus. Yeah, Billy Ray Cyrus. And uh, what actually happened is he actually came out there and he claimed he says, you know what, this song is a country song. And the country community killed him for it. They absolutely they like, made, like that. They made yeah. fun of him. They said, no That's way, this is hip-hop. And, you know, a lot of people, rightfully so, claim that the country uh, world was actually being a little bit racist towards uh, Lil Nas X. So, actually, Billy Ray Cyrus actually uh, took it upon himself to jump on the track and basically claim that, you know what, this is country, and I'm supporting it. So, 
that that's initially caused a huge buzz for this song. So right off the bat, it went from like a good stream song to like the number one most stream song to date. And um, yeah, so um, like I think some of the some of the question that comes to mind is like, was that also planned? Like, did Little Nas plan that sort of controversy? Or was, or was it something that just happened accidentally? Because it seems like it's like, wow, that's that's amazing marketing to come out and like have a song that is like, like almost more predominantly hip hop sounding, but with that little bit of that country flair. But then say, no, this is a country song because it creates that controversy. And like in this day and age, isn't that the uh, the smartest marketing that you can possibly do? I mean, when you get those haters talking, right? Oh, yeah. That's like the I'm telling you, you give them a little bit of you give them something to get negative about. It's like an aphrodisiac for them, man. They're like Ooh. behind the the keyboards, they're getting all worked up, and the algorithm loves that. Then you get pushed out even further because everyone knows, you know, the more comments you get, the more the, the more hate they throw at that comments thread. The more people get talking, the further it gets pushed out on Instagram, yeah, TikTok, YouTube, Reddit. Reddit, I know. Well, you know what? Yeah, Reddit, Reddit, TikTok, you can go massively viral, right? So the question is, did he plan that? Was it an accident? If, if it was an accident, it's a beautiful accident. And if it was planned, he's a genius. He's a smart guy, okay? And what most people don't give him credit for is he... How long has he been around? Uh, a few months, so like that's very, wow. very impressive, and probably already a, a multimillionaire at this point. I would say I, I would it would be right to assume that, but what a lot of people don't give him credit for is that he actually successfully blended in very smoothly to very different genres. And we have country, which is more of a traditional like folk music, and then we have yeah. hip hop, which is one of the probably actually the most influential genre right now. Right. So by mixing these two genres together, he actually opened up his audience to places where no one else has ever, you know, reached before. You're so gonna it sort ha- of has like a bit of a, like a cross cross genre yeah. appeal, yeah, and to the masses. Because you have to think of it like this: Billy Ray Cyrus fans and country fans love the track because you know he's on it and he's supporting it. Hip hop fans love it because it has those, those 808 beats. You know the, dun, 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 right? Yeah, yeah. It's got that strong and. The kids love it because it's a fun song. Like it's really like it has that like you know catchiness. Makes you literally want to just. Can like, we just talk about that for a second? Like, it yo that song. I'm not gonna lie. I I really like that song. It's catchy as fuck. Very <laughs> like I got the horses and the, look I'm singing it right now. Made a little near. This isn't even a predominantly a music podcast, and we're talking about it. So that just shows the influence that this song had, and. Another thing that, you know, I don't know if most people know this, but Lil Nas X actually um, debuted his first studio album shortly after he dropped Old Town Road. Yeah. And um, there was a lot of, like, buzz around his album because he actually took to, went to Twitter and uh, told his fans to uh, check out a certain track on his album. And he says he was revealing some very important information on the track. So immediately his followers and, uh, you know... Even people that don't like them, they flocked to that track. They listened to it. They played those streams, which actually, at the end of the day, sold him records. So basically... Because they wanted to listen to that to see what that buzz was going to be about. Yeah. See what that hint was. What was the actual hint? 
So he actually uh, hinted, he didn't actually say, you know, I'm gay in his song. He hinted that he, you know, prefers males over females. And uh, after he, uh, after everybody speculated and came up to their own conclusions, he ah. says, he says, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm gay, obviously. So um, that started a whole buzz, and he actually started making a, 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 some jokes on uh, Twitter and Facebook. He says, "All you homophobic people who are singing, uh, uh, I'm gonna take my horse to the, I'm gonna ride till I can't no more." Yeah, you were you were uh, singing along to a gay guy. So like, <laughs> so oh, so he actually like okay, I love it. Like okay. you know, good. I'm for, almost glad that we had to record this pod- podcast again because like you didn't say that in the first one. So like, um. yeah, like honestly, good for Lil Nas X. You know, we support. You know everybody being who they want to be but like the way he did it he actually stuck true to himself and he marketed it yo again this is completely unplanned i didn't know we would actually like talk about this but here's how i feel about like really like all sexuality and all that anyway it's nobody's business like you do what you do you know behind closed doors it's all good like no and it, it, I don't think it's ever really been anyone's right to, to even have a say about that. That's, that's where I kind of stand on it anyway. But, like, let's talk... Okay, so part of the whole, like, appeal of this song was the fact that it was, like, cross-genres. So you got, like, hip-hop and country. Obviously, that... It's something that, like... Like, it's, it's been done, but, like, I don't think it's ever been done, like, quite, so, like quite so well, I like would say. Like, like, a true, like, merge of it. Like, there's, there's always been, like... Um, there's been guys who tried to like throw in a little bit of like a rap verse or something like that like country, country country artists who but tried to never, like drop like a verse but it was probably pretty whack you let's know be what? honest because, like, a lot in the <laughs> hip-hop community and you know i'm an outsider i'm not like you know like i'm not like in the hip-hop community but like they, they think country's lame so for someone to like you know stand out and just say like you know what fuck fuck you guys i'm a country artist this is a country record yeah, to sell like I don't know. He's a genius, and my I'm giving him his flowers because um, to come up with that, and not to be like every other you know person in hip hop or person in country, and just stick to your, those specific genres, yeah. and to come out and actually do what you did, it actually makes you uh, a trendsetter. And uh, those are the type of artists who will actually be very successful. And I guarantee he's not just a one hit wonder. You heard it first here. <laughs> so I think that's part of the appeal. But I got a little something to say about why I also think the song like Old Town Road was able to not just be a hit, but why it continued to be so viral for so many weeks. The biggest, the biggest. So my theory is that it's really the social media platforms. It's some of these social media platforms that are actually the thing that's allowing for a song like Old Town Road to go so viral. The game has really changed. And um, like one, one app that I would say is, um, has a lot to do with just the virality of a song like Old Town Road is TikTok. I don't know if you, a lot of you know what TikTok is, but TikTok is kind of a video, a video based app a lot like Vine used to be. You, you remember Vine, right? Yeah, I remember Vine. Okay. I was a young boy. I was probably about a young five lad? or six years old. No, I'm just fucking with you. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> yeah. Um, but <laughs> basically the way that uh, TikTok kind of works is, first of all, the demographic seems to be kind of like 
kids from the age of like 10 years old all the way to maybe 25. But the way it works is very video based and you're also able to use audio from like basically most popular artists. And I mean, Instagram, for example, although in the States, I know you can play, you can play uh, copyrighted music in your Instagram stories. Here in Canada, we don't have that. You can't, you can't, uh, you don't have that option of playing a track from like your Apple music in your stories, but they have that in the States. Um, so TikTok really fills that void in terms of being able to use that copyrightable uh, audio, but also even sound clips from movies and all this. So kids will be using a song like Old Town Road and they'll be playing that in the background of some like choreographed dance video that they're doing on TikTok and then that will go viral. And then what that does is that acts as promote, like even further promotion for that song. And that is truly why I think like that would have pushed Old Town Road from being just like a catchy song that you hear on the radio into all the different other cultural spaces that exist in the new, um, new social media world. I'll grab another. Sure. Um, yeah. Anything to say about that? Well, all I have to say is this. I don't know if you heard that there. That was Kawhi Leonard. He loves, Marcello loves the Kawhi Leonard laugh. Um, <laughs> here, here, do it. Do it first. You're, you're so good at it. Not, yeah. No, 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 not, not the clip. You do it. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah. So I do it better most of the time. He's, he's mastered that, I would say. Um, yeah. But I know you're not too familiar with TikTok, but uh, I think that it's, it's that, man. Because, like, I was telling you earlier, it's like I've, I haven't seen any app that is exploding as fast as TikTok. Like, I'm, I've gotten on the platform myself just because I've heard that it was, it was going to kind of like, it was going to go places. And it is kind of a hot app right now. And it is kind of, it's more popular with the younger demographic, but so be it. It's like, how long has uh, TikTok been around for? I, don't know I think to- TikTok's been around for like a year or two. Do they have like a watermark that goes in the bottom of the video? Yes. Okay, I've seen, I know what TikTok is. You've maybe seen, I've booted some of my TikTok videos over to the Instagram story a few times. Possibly, yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, I do see a lot of videos with TikTok and I didn't know about the Instagram copyright thing. I, that's That was news to me. So basically, if you play a song off of your Apple Music on your story or your Spotify, it just will cut off the audio. With in the states right now, they have a special feature where you can specifically add music to your Instagram story. Wow. Here in Canada, we don't have that. Uh, and even if I say try and play a a song on say um, um, Spotify or um, or any other sort of streaming app. If I try and play that on my phone and then record an Instagram story with that in the background, it'll like make it like distorted on purpose because they don't want you using copyrighted music. So TikTok fills that void in that you have like a whole database of all these audio clips that you can choose from. And the kids are getting like, 
kids are very good at this, this app. Like they're like naturally good at it. They know how all the little editing tricks and all this, and they're making videos that go so viral because they know how to like create awesome, catchy videos. And a lot of the time they're doing them with songs that are like the trending songs at the time, like Old Town Road. So Old Town Road even has a category on TikTok. It has like its own category, which I think leads us to our next subject. You were starting to discuss with me earlier how labels, because artists still do have labels, but it's not like back in the day. It's not like back in the day when, you know, freaking uh, Led Zeppelin in the 1970s, you know, would have signed on with a label and then that label would go out there and, and market them to sell physical products, to sell albums. And back in the day too, labels actually used to invest in their artists like right off the bat if they had talent. Now, labels want the artist to already have the social media following, already have the streams, already have the views. They want them to basically have already made it and then they'll put money into you. It's not like it was back in the day. They don't just pick someone up who's a talent and make them even bigger. They want the person to already be a hit and then they'll pour some money in. But you were talking about how you, you feel like maybe now it's like with the labels, there are sort of like partnerships with the platforms and they're, pour, they're putting money into the platforms. And even when I was commenting on there, how Old Town Road has its own category in TikTok, meaning it comes up on the first page and they're like suggesting you to use it in your videos. That's ridiculous. How, that means that everybody who uses TikTok sees that. So you're trying to tell me that Lil Nas, Lil Nas X's label didn't put some money for, to get his, his song on the front page I, as a trend? I, I don't know. I totally agree with everything you just said there. Every, every part of it? Every Not just 95%, eh? Oh, mostly, mostly, mostly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, what people don't know is that, like, these labels actually own parts of, like, you know, like, Spotify, Apple Music. And so, like, if you think of the bigger picture of things, they're actually getting money from so many different avenues that it doesn't matter what way you buy it. And now, I don't know if this was a big thing back in the day, Mike, maybe you tell me, but nowadays when artists release songs and albums and stuff, they actually package them with merchandise, with concert sales and stuff like that. So let's say um, Eminem's coming to the Air Canada Center or the mm. Scotiabank Arena. Yeah, yeah. Every ticket sold gets you a download of his album. Okay. So they will count that sale as a physical copy of right. your album. So uh, on the yes, stats, yes, yes, it will yes. show, let's say you sold 100,000 streamed. Yeah. That's equivalent. So that means equivalent to 100,000 um, actual albums. And then it'll say like 25,000 physical, but it's not real physical albums. It's actually just, yeah. they'll partner up like. But we were talking about this. Yeah. You said that, like, that's what DJ Khaled Yeah, with did. his energy drink. And he got, so DJ Khaled, I don't know if any of you guys know. He, um, he released his album, and he was, you know, very excited to go number one. But then uh, Tyler, the creator, who's another hip-hop rapper, he got number one. And uh, DJ Khaled is trying to sue Billboard because 
he partnered with an energy drink company, which is like a pyramid scheme kind of company. Basically, every energy drink you sell gets you the copy of the album. What what energy drink? I don't know, so don't uh, I don't want to like you know say wrong names out here. Uh-huh. But um, basically, they said no. Um, you can uh, you can package with merchandise. You can package with concert tickets. But there's a line where you can't just stick your album on any piece of paper on any brand of like that's like saying a can of coke gets you an album to uh you know an album then basically that that album that was on the coke can would basically be the best-selling album ever because everybody buys coke and so you can't yeah that that doesn't count because you're yeah you're packaging it with a drink that's like nobody nobody's asking for for a dj khaled album download with their with their energy drink, right? But if it's merchandise, like, I understand. Like, if you're going to a concert, it actually does make sense. Like, if you're interested in that artist, I guess you would want to listen to their album before you go to the concert. So it, you can actually yeah. include it in the price. So let's say the concert, they could actually argue, let's say the concert ticket is $32. Mm-hmm. But the album costs 8 bucks, so we'll round it to 40 bucks a ticket. Yeah. So everything's actually included in that ticket. That, to me, makes more sense because through purchasing an actual ticket you're expressing an interest in that artist so to me that's a little more fair to be honest though you know if it was uh if it's between dj khaled and tyler the creator i much prefer tyler the creator i'm like yeah 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 no i i know him oh okay. you, you just you, know. you know you gave me a look of complete disbelief <laughs> well, i know, I, know I actually I, I know him i actually i think he's actually uh like as his name says He's he's massively yeah, creative. Talented, very talented. His lyrics are like next level. He's like, another one who's really good at marketing. Like he'll like teeter on the edge, like tweet stuff like he's gay and stuff, but like he won't actually say he's gay. Like I don't think, honest to God, I don't think he's gay. But he he'll make like little hints, like in his raps, he'll be like a fucking the dude in the ass or something like that. But like <laughs> and like people will like accuse him of being gay, and he'll just go with it instead of like to, like saying yeah I'm gay or like no I'm not gay. He just lets people f- think what they want to think. So basically, he doesn't give a fuck. He has no... And I guess when you truly don't give a fuck, you're in the power position. That's, that's the thing about him is that, like, he's, he's actually, like, more of a... Com- he's, like, a comedian and a rapper. Yeah. Because, like, he's, like... He kind of, like... I've always found him, like... Like, in terms of his persona, he's super weird. Like, he that's, keeps... That's good, though. That he keeps good music. He keeps the audience guessing. And, like, his songs are unpredictable because of that, like... If you're a weird artist, like for example, like Prince or Michael Jackson or something, they have that like weird vibes to them, but their music is incredible because of it. Mm-hmm. You can't just have like a, you know, like um, uh, I don't want to insult any artists, but let's say uh, Nickelback. Okay. <laughs> I like Nickelback. Don't get That's me wrong. a perfect example, okay, though. Nickelback. Yeah, they're safe. <laughs> they make predictable. They got music. so predictable after, like, you know, the, their most unpredictable moment was their first song. Which song was that? See? Never made it as a wise man. Couldn't make it as a poor man still am. <laughs> and then everything after that sounded, sounded regurgitated. But like the first song, I think that we were all a little more okay with Nickelback. And we probably thought like, you know, maybe they'll go somewhere else creatively. And, you know, because that first song was actually kind of good. Yeah. But then it was just like, oh, man, every song after that got worse. See, yeah, like it's... Hey, listen, people, Chad Kroger, don't hate. No, I, All right? I love <laughs> No, they're actually, they're, they were solid. They were solid. I, I just, I don't, I don't love them. I, I don't think, I, I never bought a, a Nickelback album, but. Yeah, well, 
What was I gonna say? Um, sorry, I'm having a blank. I just zoned out. Um, to me, like you're either creative or you're not, and that just doesn't. That's not not just music either. That's just like in anything. There's a lot of like social media influencers. You know what though? Who are? Let me finish. Let me finish. Yeah. They're like for example, you'll see like a social media influencer who every day is making you know new content. New stories and books and like just like delivering and then there's other social media influencers who are just regurgitating the same fucking thing that got them popping the first time and they actually hold on to that success and think that that makes them unique but realistically I really don't think it makes like you unique and that's where the impactful influencers and the everyday influencers kind of separate themselves to me and it actually relates to music like you might think like oh what do you you know it no, it actually does in it a does. weird way. Yeah. It, well, because I consider everybody content creators. Whether you're a musician, a podcast, you know, creator, uh, influencer, or, or you know, even a restaurant owner. Yeah, I I agree. I think it like it really comes down to all different types of content creators. I think that like really everyone has to ask themselves like, do you want to just follow trends and do do what other people um, are doing and, and do what's already working, what's already worked for others? Or do you want to set your own trends, tell your own story, and be authentic to yourself? Being authentic to yourself is also an art. That's what's not easy to do when creating content. It's easier to go out there, see, someone, see what someone else did, and, and copy that. Very true. I mean, it's just almost like uh, Instagram photos. Uh, you know, you could have your own style of shooting that may not be too popular, but then eventually it might hit. And at least you stay true to yourself rather than, you know, seeing what, let's say, Bolton's Bites is doing on his Instagram page and then trying to replicate it on your page. You know, there's a... It, hey, 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 listen, I don't, I don't need you to... Uh, to you're making me blush, okay? Um, no, but like, yeah, no, for, for me, like, it is really important... Um, to stick to, to what's authentic to me. Like, as I mentioned before, um, I created this show, Phone One Six for YouTube, and like Pho is a traditional Vietnamese dish that's been around for hundreds, if not thousands, of years, and it's not like it's like trending right now. It's just honestly a food that I love so much, but me doing it is being 100% authentic to myself. Sometimes you need to find that. Sometimes there, you have to go out there and try a bunch of different things to eventually find the thing that is that true to yourself. But what I've noticed, although it's still like slow going, right? Cause like getting YouTube subscribers is like, that's actually tough. Like getting Instagram followers, you know what? That might be one thing, but Getting someone to go and log into their YouTube account and subscribe to you is like, that's a little tougher. And I honestly appreciate a YouTube subscription like way more than an Instagram follow. I'm sure that a lot of you kind of like relate to that. Obviously we value anyone that comes and looks at our content and, and follows along. But like, yeah, like a YouTube subscriber is, is, is just worth, worth way more. Cause they're also like, I think that they're a lot more kind of glued to what you're doing 
when you're putting out these videos and all this? Because they're watching video, right? Which is a longer format thing. Typically, you're not following like a thousand people on YouTube, right? You're maybe following like 20, 30. Yeah. So like you're not going to Yeah, I think myself, I might follow like 20 or 30. You know? Yeah, and actually, I wanted to circle back yeah, yeah, to that sure. whole like staying true to yourself if you're a you know content creator. For example, like we just talked about in the beginning of this uh, this podcast, Lil Nas X. Have you guys ever heard a song like that before he did it? I know I haven't. Like a country hip hop mix. Like most people, like okay, put it this way: when the first person who ever heard that song probably thought that song was trash. They probably said, "What the fuck is this guy doing?" And now look at it. It's the most popular song in the world. Why? Because sometimes, even though it's weird, even though it's not the most popular thing, people will be like, what the fuck is this guy doing? You know what I've said for years? I don't know where I first heard this, but if, if you like something and you genuinely like it, there are going to be other people out there who dig it. Okay, but you have to... But you have to really be being true to yourself, right? You can't just kid yourself and think that you're doing something so like new and creative and true to yourself and, and, that, and then you start to pretend that you like it or something. You convince yourself that you like it. You have to be doing something where it's like, man, I really kind of found my calling. And if you dig it, other people will dig it. Can I, um, can I also touch into like another aspect of that? And I find it a lot with not necessarily foodies, well, foodies too, but more lifestyle bloggers where like they'll actually, because with lifestyle, it's easier to mimic because like if someone's posing a certain way with a certain item, mm. you can actually essentially just copy that exactly with the same pose, the same item, the same place, basically. For sure. And Contact the and same then, brands. And like, yeah. And like <laughs> that, that might not work for you because things blow up off of the first person, not off the 30th person. And this is where I've, I, I have actually noticed that like a lot of artists, if we're, since I'll go back to music right now, that, uh, you know, they may not be like popular and like, you know, like you wouldn't just like hear it on the radio, but they're actually still very successful because they have a cult following, mm-hmm. which actually prefers stuff that's not the norm, basically like prefers weird shit and stuff that's not normal. Because a lot of people are actually still like, sick and tired and like they're actually turned off from like anything that's popular even if it's something that's good that's popular they won't listen to it because it's popular but this also comes back to that so that's a that's a really good point but that comes exactly exactly back to what i was saying too like if you truly dig it and you put it out there other people will like it but you have to be being very authentic to yourself because like we don't always think this as people but there are a lot of people out there who are just like you, but they won't ever get to really experience you through what you're putting out there unless you're being authentic to yourself. So let me put it this way. If you're putting stuff out there and it's not actually you, it's not actually your voice, it's not coming from that authentic place, you're kind of actually not giving the world what the world truly needs from you. And to add on to that from a business perspective, you don't need everyone in the world to like you because, or to like what you're putting out there because they say you only need 1,000 diehard fans to become a millionaire. Because if you think about it, like, and, if, and that's strictly looking from a business aspect, right? But let's say you're a, an author 
and you write books, if you have a thousand fans who would purchase a, um, who would purchase like, let's say, okay, maybe this isn't the best example, but like someone who's say selling a course for a thousand dollars, which yes, that's a lot of money. But if a thousand people bought that at a thousand dollars, that's a million dollars right there. Well, so what I'm saying is maybe we also look at that just even on the hundred thousand, like, like six figure earner, um, capacity. Meaning if you have a thousand people that will buy something from you at a hundred dollars, just a hundred dollars, that's a hundred thousand dollars. So you don't need everyone in the world to, to dig what you're putting out there. And I guess also just to, to come back to authenticity and all of this, um, it's also not just about money, but going, I keep, I know a lot about music. That's why I keep trying to reference this stuff to music and like something you just said about like the thousand diehard fans actually made me think about something. Um, there's a, this rapper, his name, he's actually passed away this year. His name's Nipsey Hussle. And oh yeah. He, one of his albums, I don't know the exact number, but he only released a certain amount of album. Like, like he, that's, I think it was 10,000 copies only. That was all that was available, but it was like a hundred dollars an album. Oh shit. And he made a million dollars off that one album. That's how he made his first million dollars is he had his diehard fans. I don't know if this is like hundred percent true, but this is like what I've heard is that he sold his album for like a certain price, like let's say a hundred bucks. And then those diehard people actually bought it for that price. And yeah. he actually made his million dollars that way. Yeah. Same. You know what? In this day and age, this was like a while ago. This wasn't recent. This was about five, six years ago. I think this happened. That's not even that long ago though. Still, yeah. We're still talking about Tech like age. the age of like, like social media was well on its way. Right. Um, but in this day and age where just about anyone can have like 20,000 Instagram followers, like, you know what I mean? Like, like every, like, every, like everybody has 10,000 Instagram followers now. Right. Like it's, it's not even, um, it's not even uncommon. Like, I'm, don't get me wrong. It still takes, still takes some time to, to build. And there's levels to that too, considering that people can go out there and like buy followers and shit like that. But like in this day and age where like everyone can have these exaggerated numbers on social media, wouldn't you rather just have like a hundred diehard fans, a thousand diehard fans than a bunch of people who don't give a fuck? Bro, like social media. And another thing too, you're you're new to the game. Yeah. Do you feel that like do you feel that you found like have you found like your thing like that like a way like a style that is like you feel truly authentic to yourself or are you still finding it? Well, I know like yeah, I honest to god, I know what Cuz I would say that I'm like I'm still finding it every day as well. Like, like I, know, I, know, I would say that. I know what I'm good at and I know things that I'm bad at. But I'm, I'm not, like, necessarily happy with the things I'm bad at. And I'm trying to, like, at least come to, like, a, like a, like a middle ground with them. So then, like, I don't have any weak spots. And I'm, like, really good at some things. But then in other posts, I'm, I'm okay. Because I don't want to be above, below average and then above average in other things, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, like... But I think what it's really about, at the end of the day, is, like, I would rather see more people speaking their true voice 
and speaking from a way of like storytelling that's like more true to themselves, not just like pushing some brand or pushing some restaurant and saying what you think that restaurant wants you to say. Talk about it from your own perspective. Like, for example, if Mike or myself was working with a restaurant and all we posted on our stories would, you know, come down to um, where are we at right now? <laughs> where are we at? So we're, we're, at a bar, we're at a bar called Last Temptation so said, in Kensington Market. So we came here because, like, the patio right now is, is packed, but the, uh, they have this back room. And I just knew that it's usually quiet during the, the afternoon. So I'm like, Marcello, this is where we're going today because we need, we need a, like a, a fairly quiet spot to obviously record a podcast. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's why we're here. Shout out to uh, Last Temptation. Um, hashtag sponsored. Hashtag not actually sponsored. Um, yeah, but you were saying something, I think. Yeah, so what I was trying to get to in an uncensored podcast was that if you're let's say an influencer and you're you know just and the people actually know what you like like let's say they've been following you for a month or two months and they actually can they can follow like basically your trends and see like okay he likes doing this during the day during the week he likes doing this he goes to this spot because he likes it yada 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 but if you're only revealing stuff that are paid paid advertisements like let's say a restaurant pays you to do their social media or something and that's the only thing you post people are gonna start to like you know recognize that you're basically selling out and they're actually not going to be interested in your brand as much as they would be if you were natural let's say you're paying for a dish of food or let's say you're going out for pho because we all know come on guys you're not getting a paid uh, a paid gig at a pho restaurant in toronto let's be real yeah cash only too cash only (laughs) basically if you're you know genuine over there the bar over there <laughs> yeah we, we uh... sorry sorry guys temptation bar anyways um we clearly didn't we, we just had we had, such, we had some customers coming through the back there and they were asking marcello like hey is this uh part of the bar <laughs> sorry to interrupt Again, no edits on this podcast. No edits. But anyways, like I was trying to get to basically is if you're only representing your brands and you're not actually like letting the viewers know who you are and what you're into, then what do they have to actually follow? Nothing. You're actually essentially just like an Instagram advertisement, which is like people get annoyed of and they just want to click away from it. Not Spammy to- in a sense. Spammy. Yeah. But like not to get like way off track here, but one thing I learned about sales a while back is that people need to buy things, but they never like to feel like they've been sold. Okay? No, and nobody, you have to give, like give people a little more credit. Like nobody likes to just be sold to day after day in a kind of a spammy way, right? But if you're giving genuine recommendations, then I think that you're, you're doing a lot more than selling. You're doing, well, what you're actually doing is you're selling in the way that it's supposed to be done, which is like through storytelling and through like giving honest recommendations. And, and this comes back to being authentic to yourself, right? But 
Also, another thing too, if I really think about it, I hate the term influencer. I hate it. And I hate the term collab. I hate, and I hate the term collab too. I do. Because like- Because is that really what we're doing? Well, they're like, they're, they're <laughs> actually like these, these certain industry terms that are just like cool. And you know, yeah. like, and another thing about influencers is like, I hate when- Like it's like, an easy way of yeah. saying like, let's work together. Right? But I don't like the term of influencer now because now it's getting overused and it's like... I prefer someone saying, hey, can I have your help with something? Like, let's be real. Like, let's call a spade a spade. Yeah. It's not that you just really want to work with someone just to work with them, you know? So what term, what term do you prefer in this, um, in this day and age, like, in terms of what we're working... Like, don't get me wrong, like, I'll, I'll use the word influencer if I'm speaking with someone else who's, like, in the industry. But I think for, like... Just generally speaking, I, I prefer the word like food blogger, food blogger slash vlogger, because that really comes down well, to honestly, more. Honestly, I would prefer. It's the, more I, to do with the fact that you're putting out content. I would just call them. I love. I love the content creator. Yeah, content creator. I, just I like guess that. too. I'm a content but. creator, basically. Like saying you're like a, a foodie or like a food blogger, like an influencer, kind of has like this. You kind of get that snobby vibes from it. Like, oh, I don't like I'm the term influence. I kind of even don't like the term foodie too, because like, I also feel that that like that cross that crosses lines because like, you, like, well, what, what about it? the people who like, aren't a, for lack of a better word, a term, cause I just said, I didn't like it. But what about people who aren't an influencer quote unquote, but are, are foodie? Like they, Enjoy they cook food. at home. They go to restaurants. They love food. Is that a foodie? Yes. That's a foodie. But um, yeah, so uh, yeah, content creator or like I food, like that. That's food. Professional. I think I like. I still like the term like food blogger, food vlogger, because that implies the that you're are, you write or you or you vlog. The only reason I don't want to just say like food blogger, even though like I'm Toronto food reviews, would be like that would mean like why are we talking about you know music on our podcast or why are we doing this? You know, like we're doing so many other things that like calling us just a food blogger or like a food influencer. Is like would make us. It sounds very shallow. Like we're actually much more than that. We're actually a content creator. No matter like what platform, what we're doing, we're creating some sort of content. Yeah, like just to just to wrap up this whole uh, podcast because I think this one this one went super long, bro. <laughs> well, that's good though. Like, honestly, I think you know what we we honestly I think we found more like we were gelling we were gelling better today. Like, we were, I don't think a podcast has any like. Like 20 minutes is no no fun to anybody. Yeah. This is for those people who are stuck in traffic, who are on the TTC, who are literally just jammed up at that, that Spadina station, yeah. can't move, you know, they need something to pass the time. Why True. not listen to the, uh, the Everybody Counts podcast, you know? Exactly, exactly. A little go train ride, you know? Whatever it might be. Um, <laughs> no, so I think, yeah, just to wrap it up and also bring it back to the whole, like, food thing, It'd be, yeah, it would be great. I would love to see more accounts that, um, that like truly, yeah, they, they, they do it from a, an authentic standpoint where they're, they're being a little more true to them, uh, themselves. And I can actually think of like, just right off the bat, I'm going to think of, um, a few accounts that are doing that. Like here's a, like, there's some, like one Toronto account, uh, would be Tio Marved. I did a video with them, uh, not that, not that, uh, long ago. And uh, one thing I like about those guys is it's, it's always about the food with them, but they go out there in their videos. They get really uh, interactive with the restaurants they work with. 
Also, they're just like really funny guys and you can tell they're actually like good friends. So that would be an example of like uh, some, a group of guys or like content creators, if you will, who are going out there and they're, they're being true to themselves. Um, another guy I was just thinking of is this guy, uh, Dave Shirotsky. I hope I'm saying that last name correctly, but he does this thing called Food Fetish Fridays. That to me, at first, when I first found out about it, I didn't, I didn't know exactly what he was doing because I was seeing all these different people in his Instagram story that were like posting like, and they were all, they were all giving like the same message. Happy Food Fetish Friday, you filthy sailors, da-da-da-da. And I was wondering like, why the hell are all these people repeating the same 15-second blurb? And it's actually because he's built this culture around this hashtag Food, fet- food Fetish Friday, and he only posts once per week, yet he still engages with accounts all throughout the week. That is very different. And I asked my friend Lauren, the athleisure teacher, I'm like, what the, hell is go- <laughs> what the hell's going on with this guy's account? Like, it's so, like, it's so different. What, it, what is this whole Food Fetish Friday thing? And she was like, yeah, he's doing, he's doing something very different. And it's true, he's doing something very different. And I think that more people like should set out there to do do the food blog do the food vlog do it from your own perspective though put you, be a little different do you notice, i would like to see that do you notice guys and mike as well that when you are being different you actually tend to get responses whether mm-hmm. that be like bad responses or good responses just like the food fetish friday mm-hmm. yeah it's weird whatever you might think it's a little strange but how many people are messaging them or sending them DMs or whatever. Food Fetish Friday stories. Food Fetish Friday. Uh, food Fetish. Say that five times. Fast. Well, the guy gets a ton of comments. Right? Now, so there's, a, there's a difference between getting a ton of comments because you're in an Instagram pod. Uh, all of Toronto's influences. <laughs> versus, um, versus, like, getting a ton of comments because you've actually created an engaging piece of content. So... Shout out to those who, who Keep are real. like keeping it real, going out there and being prepared to put out a post that gets 14 comments because it just wasn't your hottest shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's okay to put out a piece of content and get, and get less likes than you got last time, right? Well, yeah. And love, don't listen. Don't feel like... They can't all be bangers. Never... <laughs> not to sound like a fucking motivational speaker here, but never measure your success on someone else's because that that instagram vlogger that has 300 comments on their likes on I mean, on their photos probably is in a pod like go check their comments if you see that they're not actually engaging back when they're not even liking their comments listen it's not it's it's not rocket science they're that's fake engagement so don't measure your success let's say you're only getting 20 20 comments on your post and you worked really hard on it and then you see other people getting two, three hundred, and wondering why am I getting nothing, and this person's getting so many comments. Ninety percent of the time, it's not you. It's just there. There, you know. There's a lot of tricks in this game. So, uh, I think yeah. that's another episode altogether. I that today. <laughs> uh, yeah, me, me, and Marcello both have our our own interesting thoughts on the Instagram pods. But that's all, that's all for today's episode, and uh, tune in next time. We're going uh, to have some seriously interesting content for you. We, uh, 
We basically want to talk about more than just food on this show. It's basically anything that's in the news right now. And we're basically going to take a real honest look at it and uh, tear it apart. And uh, yeah, but well, that's it for today. See you guys. Oh, no.